Welcome to Further Africa's Last Week, our weekly news roundup of the most read articles over at furtherafrica.com. I'm Rafael Carvalho and today I'll have Emmanuel Chilampuma reviewing the news with me. Please share our podcast, subscribe and review us on your preferred podcast platform. Email us on lastweek at furtherafrica.com and let us know what we can do to keep improving and delivering the best possible content about Africa's path towards the future. The news discussed here are for the week of August 9th to August 15th. Now then, let's move on to our top 5. Emmanuel, good evening and it's a pleasure to speak to you again. Pleasure speaking to you too. Our fifth most read article is once again for the third week in a row featuring on our podcast, the interview with Mozambique's finance minister, Mr. Adriano Maliani. In all honesty, Emmanuel, we have explored all there is to say about this one. And to me, this shows that Mozambique is riding high in its uh, unprecedented potential for development and socio-economic change. Especially during these harsh times we're living in, we tend to look for success stories and right here we can see one. So, Emmanuel, would you like to add anything else? Well, I mean, I totally agree that um, it has been the most read article um, in the last three weeks and it just goes to show that, you know, people actually have an interest um, in the Mozambican economy um, and it shows that the country is now shifting from where it was before um, to actually becoming one of the major players um, in the African continent. Yes, I couldn't agree more, Emmanuel. So the future does look bright for Mozambique. Now, moving on to our fourth most read news, and this one is a rather controversial one, to be honest. This upcoming month of October will see the Tanzanian presidential election and President John Magufuli is running for re-election. So Magufuli is a man of strong opinions, to say the least. He's described as an anti-imperialist and African nationalist. And in Tanzania, he's nicknamed Chuma, which is Swahili for piece of iron, in obvious reference to his steadfast leadership. So on the other hand, the opposition claims that he's censoring the media and the news we are presenting now is uh, basically talking about a new measure to be implemented which in effect will force foreign media journalists to always work along a government minder by their side. So Emmanuel, before I continue I'd like you to comment first if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. So. As we can see here, the government has actually decided um, to ban uh, foreign media outlets. Um, and, you know, in order for these um, foreign media outlets to actually be allowed to work on any project in the country, they will actually need to seek uh, permission from the government. Um, and then there will also be someone within the government to actually monitor their activities. Um, this is obviously quite interesting, um, considering that um, you know um the 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 issues um you know like you mentioned earlier 
the, the, the elections that are coming up, um, the COVID situation as well, where the country actually uh, mentioned that they actually had no cases uh, reported ever since um, they made this decision to actually block um, foreign media outlets from actually uh, reporting on the country itself. So, you know, in the long run, um, it's going to be very interesting. Um, and I am very sure that um, particularly um, NGOs that focus on media, um, they will be concerned about uh, freedom of speech. Um, they will also be, con um, they will also be um, concerned about some of the content um, or some of the news that's actually being reported um, in the country on whether it's actually truthful or this is actually something that's actually being manufactured um, to actually benefit um, the, the, the the current government. So yes, in the in the in the long run, this is likely to become um, quite a very sensitive issue. Um, I know you have more to say about this, uh, considering your media background. Um, what do you what do you, what's your take on this? Thanks, Emmanuel. Okay, so an important point to make here is uh, that we're not talking about who's right or who's wrong because currently everything seems to be about having the last word, you know, especially on social media discussions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in this day and age of instantaneous spread of information, the, the, the very fact that we can have access to so much news in such a quick fashion becomes a double-edged sword, really. So. You simply do not have the time to check the source or know the agenda of the person or media outlet reporting the news. So that makes all of us prone to manipulation. So Mago Fully, due to his unwavering attitude, most certainly rattled some cages, for better or worse. This way you'll find people on one side calling it censorship, and on a superficial level it's easy to believe that but you should always look deeper if you want to find the truth, you know? On the opposite side, though, many people will claim that this new regulation is merely a mechanism of defense that Magufuli has every right to use uh, against foreign media's mere campaigns aimed at damaging his government's reputation. Ultimately, the will of the people will prevail come October. Okay, so moving on to a lighter subject. Our third most read news talks about ExxonMobil Mozambique uh, in their investment of $400,000 on behalf of the Rovuma LNG partners to promote advances in agricultural production in the Cabo Delgado province. This goes in line with what we discussed last week, Emmanuel, uh, where we said that LNG projects would pave the way for a lot of development in infrastructure, agriculture, impact investing throughout the country. So what's your take here, Emmanuel? Well, yes, um, this actually comes as a surprise to me. Um, you know, the fact that we were actually discussing this last week um, and the fact that um, ExxonMobil has actually made that decision to actually invest in the local communities. Um, as we said last week, um, 
you know, a, 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 the majority of um, the Mozambican community relies heavily on agriculture. But then again, um, in terms of the actual investments um, in agriculture, you know, they, they, they haven't really been uh, significant. So it's actually a good um, initiative uh, to ensure that, um, you know, young farmers and obviously um, experienced farmers have access to capital um, and also they have access to technology. Um, and, you know, I feel like this is actually going to be a project that will be able to uh, provide what's actually been missing to grow the agriculture sector um, in Mozambique. Um, and, you know, we, we've seen so many different projects across Africa in the past where uh, these projects were mainly beneficial uh, to multinational companies rather than actually being beneficial to the local communities. And, you know, looking at this at the moment, um, it seems as if um, this is actually something uh, that could actually lift up uh, the, the, the local communities. And, you know, we, we, we spoke about um, young people uh, previously that, you know, they're often not considered um, when major decisions are being made, um, especially when it comes to investments. And we can actually see here that the focus is also going to be on young people. Um, you know, we feel that, or I personally feel that young people need to be more engaged um, in agriculture uh, because they've got new ideas. Um, they've got the energy, they've got um, a different focus compared um, compared to um, experienced farmers. So, you know, I totally um, believe in this idea um, and I honestly feel that um, this is the only way possible um, to actually create the much needed jobs um, in, a, in an economy that's actually considered to be, um, or, that's, or, or there is a prediction that it's likely to um, uh, uh, um, uh, 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 grow um, in the in the long term, but I feel that um, if we focus mainly on the um, oil and gas projects, um, we then actually miss out on all the other sectors that can also grow with um, with the energy sector. So you know, diversifying into different sectors is definitely necessary for Mozambique in order for the economy itself to grow if the country actually wants to become uh, a middle middle income um, economy uh, by let's say 2025 so you know I feel that this is necessary So our second most read news is a favorite of mine, Emmanuel. It, uh, it presents us to Bernice Dapa. Bernice is from Ghana and she's such a joyful character. <laughs> she's a real larger than life lady. Yes, yes she is. She is the mind behind Bamboo Bikes Initiative, a dream project she had ever since she was a young student and had to walk three and a half hours every day to go to school, Emmanuel. Can you believe that? <laughs> I'm still amazed by that. Yes, me too. So she was brought up by her grandfather who lived in a rural area of Ghana. One day grandpa bought her a bicycle and the simple fact of not being late to school anymore was life-changing for the young Bernice. 
She then started this initiative with two other college students as she looked back and always felt the need, you know, to give back to her community. And the way she achieved this was by donating bicycles to less fortunate students like she once was. Years later, her project is a fully-fledged business with all the ingredients for positive change and social impact. She empowers young women by having them work, cultivating their own bamboo, and also participate on the actual manufacturing of the bikes themselves. So women are over 50% of bamboo bikes workforce. For every bamboo they cultivate, they plant 10 more bamboo making the project sustainable and environmentally conscious. So like I said, she's one inspirational, uplifting dose of Africanness in the form of a woman. Emmanuel, take it from here. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, when I actually read this article, I was very much amazed um, by the work that she's actually done um, and the fact that um, She's actually um, donated some of the, the bicycles um, to school children. Um, and, you know, this is, again, very, the, 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 the concept itself is very, very creative. Um, I would have never imagined that um, you could um, build a bicycle um, from a bamboo tree. Um, but then, you know, it goes to show that, um, you know, people are able to actually use whatever resources are actually available to them um, in order to actually make a difference in their community um, and you know we've seen a number of um, uh, entrepreneurs uh, within the continent who have actually started looking into different areas um, within within their community that is that they could actually utilize um, to try and uplift their, their, their community so you know again this is something very sustainable uh this is something that has a very long life um and you know my only hope is that uh, this uh, initiative reaches out to so many other african countries and if possible it reaches out to um, other continents um but you know i like the concept um i fully believe in this concept and um you know I'm 100% supportive of it. Yes, for sure. The world needs more people like Bernice. So I'll take this opportunity to thank you, Bernice, for everything you've done and have been doing and for all that you represent. Well, and actually talking about people who do make a difference, uh, it this brings us to our number one news which is our open talk interview with mark anthony johnson who i actually mentioned in the last episode as our newest collaborating author mark anthony is one of the brightest and most vocal advocates for the afcfta that is the african continental free trade agreement in the interview he highlights the benefits for africa to have a common trade area agreement and I should say it makes for a very compelling argument. Emmanuel, I'll let you guide us through this one. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I have actually spoken about um, the continental free trade area in the past um, where... Yes, I, I remember that. I... Yes. So, you know, 
the, the, the idea behind it um, was um, looking into which countries will actually be able to benefit from this. Um, so, you know, if we actually look at um, trade in Africa, historically, that is, it's always been a case where, you know, the 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 each region will trade by itself um, because they had these um, economic um, uh, communities in place, right? Uh, but it was very difficult for, let's say, Southern Africa to trade uh, with Comesa, uh, right? So correct. Um, I feel that the Continental Free Trade Agreement um, will actually allow. A number of, I mean, all, all all countries in the continent to actually trade freely. Um, this is likely to this is likely to also benefit um, smaller countries or countries that have resources but have not been able to actually uh, trade with other um, countries in the past. Um, so you know, if we look at countries like Zimbabwe, we look at countries like Mozambique. Uh, these are some of the countries that will be able to actually benefit. Um, from from such agreements um and you know i did obviously mentioned in the past as well that um we obviously have the greater economies you know countries like kenya countries like nigeria and south africa um, yes you know considering that um these countries are likely to actually influence um the policies or they're likely to influence the rules um this is also going to have um, either in a positive way or a negative way, impact um, the actual um, agreements and, you know, who actually gets the benefit or which country gets the benefit the most um, from, from these agreements. Um, but, you know, I, 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 am, um, I am a believer that this is something that could actually transform um, the African continent. Um, you know, it will be a similar structure to the EU, but the only difference is that um, this is likely to become the biggest. I mean, in fact, it is going to be the biggest um, free trade area. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I totally believe in this. And, um, you know, if, if things are actually done in the right way, as in, you know, the policies are put together correctly um, and the rules are actually followed correctly, uh, then this is likely to become a success. Um, you know, again, like I said, the main concern is the powerful economies having influence over the less powerful economies. Um, you know, I know that you've obviously been looking into this too. Um, I just wanted to get a better idea of um, how you felt uh, about uh, the free trade area. Well, you pretty much said it all, Emmanuel. The one thing I think I could add here to your already very good point, and by definition to Mark Anthony's argument, is that Africa is in such a unique position right now because what it has that no one else has is a very young, booming population. Yeah. And in these younger generations, you know, in my opinion, resides the true power of African change. And it just so happens that uh, just now, in so many African countries, we are experiencing the birth of a consuming middle class, yeah, exactly. uh, which would only benefit from a free trade area. All right, Emmanuel. So I would like to thank you once again for joining me here on Further Africa's Last Week. Well, thank you, Rafael. Um, 
once again, it's been interesting um, having these uh, discussions today. And uh, thank you to all the listeners. And we look forward to um, having more discussions um, in the coming week. Thank you, Emmanuel. And thank you for listening to the fourth episode of Further Africa's Last Week. Visit our website, our social media platforms to keep yourself in the know of what moves Africa forward. You'll find me here next week. I'm Rafael Carvalho, signing off. Until next time.